This is 680-CJOB. Hi! Welcome to the Sports Show Podcast for November 27th. Whenever you're listening to this, thanks for joining me. Christian O'Mell here. You can always check out the CJOB Sports Show, 7 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. On this episode of the podcast, Girls Quad A Provincial Volleyball Championships, a Wednesday night at the Investors Group Athletic Center. Get you all set for that as well. The little people of Manitoba want to change the term midget from sports leagues. We'll hear from Sport Manitoba, as well as my thoughts on the people that are against this idea. That's all on the podcast. Quad A Provincial Volleyball Championships down to the Final Four. 12 boys teams, 12 girls teams started regional playoffs November 23rd and 24th. But now it's down to four. On each, they've advanced to semifinal action at the University of Manitoba's Investors Group Athletic Center, otherwise known as AGAC, later this week. The finals are Monday, where I'll be broadcasting the CGOB Sports Show live. Girls semifinals, they take place tomorrow at 6 and 8 p.m. The three seed is Portage Collegiate Saints against the two seed Lord Selkirk Royals. The other semifinal has the number one overall seeded Mennonite Brethren Collegiate Hawks against the fifth seed Collège Jean Sauvé Olympienne. First one is at 6 o'clock. MBCI against CJS. Jean Sauvé, the defending champions, Mennonite Brethren, trying to win its first title since 2013-14. Senior left side, Julia Arnold. So what's your job on the court? Um, passing, defense, hitting, getting the ball over the net, everything, basically. Yeah. yeah. Doing some dirty work, too? Oh, yeah, always. Would you rather play defense or offense? Oh, yeah. Do I have to pick one? Um... Probably offense on this team, I'd say, because um, I consider myself one of the people that gets the ball over the net consistently for us, and I like to be a solid player for us. What's the difference between high school and club? Um, well, for club, it's more like the team is picked for you. High school, you get what you get. So it's more, it's more of a community, I guess, for high school because you train that much harder with the people that you're given and if you can have a great team like we've been so lucky in the last few years it's it's that much more rewarding tell me about your opponent tomorrow night oh they are a great team like it's going to be a very good match they're very strong in all of their aspects they're a great passing team they have a great setter who runs a great offense so it's going to be a tough game and we're getting prepared but we've seen them a lot and it should be interesting the fact that you're the four seed and Mennonite Brethren is the one seed is that at all factor into it or is everyone kind of pretty even I think everybody this year has been pretty even so honestly I don't think there's uh, that plays a factor and but you know you never know what is it about your team that uh, I guess is the thing they do the best we're a pretty well-oiled machine. Like everything just seems to run so smoothly because we've played together for so long. So honestly, I think just the the teamwork is probably the best aspect of our team. How long have you played volleyball? Eight or nine years, I think. Eight, yeah. Is it your specialty sport, or do you play other sports? It's my specialty sport. Yeah. Do you want to keep playing after high school? Yeah, I've committed to the University of Manitoba okay. to play post-secondary. So. Is that something you always wanted to do? Play you there? Yeah, uh, it's been my goal for a long time. I've played for the Junior Bison Club team for a while, so it was a big accomplishment for me. The fact that you're playing with, you're playing against people that you probably play with in club, and you might be teammates with in the future, you still want to beat them, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm a very competitive person. We can put that those feelings aside when we play together for club and stuff. But right now, it's the team I have, and that's the team I want to win with. On the other side of the net, it's the top-ranked Hawks. Overall, the Hawks went 32 and four, while the Olympians were 31 and 10. 
Here's Hawks libero Victoria Duster. As libero this year, I have been have obviously having to pass a lot, play a lot of defense, which is something I'm not used to because my actual position that I play is setter, which is obviously a lot different from libero. But coach asked me if I want to be libero this year and if I'd like to try that out, and I was like, yes, I'm totally willing to do that. And um, it's been a lot of fun this year. It's been really good. Obviously, very different, which has been enjoyable, and I actually really, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Um, yeah, I feel like I've improved a lot, and that's always good. So. Is it a big responsibility playing libero? Um, yes, I would say for sure it is because you're the one on the floor that everybody expects you to pass a good ball and get the dig. So obviously, when the ball comes to me, you obviously you want to be like, okay, got to get a good pass off this one. And if you don't, like, obviously you can't get too down on yourself. It's just kind of like short memory so that you don't think about all the mistakes because you know you'll have to get the next one right away. What does your opponent do well? They obviously have some very strong hitters. They have a really strong setter as well, and their defense is phenomenal. They pick everything up, which is obviously very hard to play against, but it, it um, causes a lot of long rallies and very exciting games. So... Do you feel any pressure as the number one seed? I don't think I feel as much pressure as we probably should. I think we're just very grateful to be here, grateful to be in the position we are, and very excited for um, hopefully the games to come. What is your, I guess, career aspirations volleyball after high school? Um, for me, I definitely used to want to play after high school, but this last year, it just kind of hasn't been a, re a reality for me. I've wanted to focus on school a little bit more because I want to take some harder courses, and um, I just think I would rather focus on school. Okay. Well, uh, what do you want to do then? Um, I have two very different things <laughs> right now that are options. I applied for engineering at the University of Manitoba and then I'm going to apply for education at the University of Winnipeg. That's MBCI libero Victoria Dusker. Hawks and Olympians 6 p.m. tomorrow at Investors Group Athletic Center at 8 o'clock. The third seed Portage Collegiate Saints against the two seed Lord Selkirk Royals. The Saints have never won a quad A title. Their best result a silver medal last year. This team is very young. Just one senior returns from last year's runner-up team, and that's middle hitter Simon Crevier. I feel like um, one of my main jobs is to um, be a leader and make sure the team is all sticking together. As being a middle hitter, um, one of the most important things for me is that sets are on because um, I'm hitting from various places on the net. So if sets are on, that really helps my game so I can get us those kills because that's where I'm helping most is in the front row. Um, I feel like it's really important for me also to help keep our team together, and so we are playing our best. <laughs> what? Now, this is one of the younger teams in the province, isn't it? Yeah, I'm the only grade 12 on our entire team. <laughs> How does that feel? Um, it's pretty crazy because last year um, we had about five or six grade 12s, and um, I was one of the younger players. This year our team is very young, but I don't think that means that I thought at first maybe that would be like everyone would be really nervous all the time and it would be difficult for them to kind of get used to the environment. But um, I think our team is actually really mature for their age and I'm really impressed by everyone. What's the best thing that your team does? Um, I think that we 
are a really resilient team. So if we're down a set or a certain amount of points, no matter what, I think our team's really good at bouncing back from that adversity. Is it pretty wide open? Like these four teams left are pretty even? Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. I think that whoever is going to come to play that day is going to be the team that could take the championship. Well, best of luck. Thank you so much. On the flip side, the Lord Selkirk Royals, 43-7 and on the season. The Saints are 35-10, and by the way. And senior left side, Olivia Waramy explains what the Royals do well. We defend the court really well and serve tough. How important is serving in volleyball? In girls volleyball, I'd say it's one of the biggest things as, along with passing. So if we do those two things well, I think we can control the game quite well. What is your strength? Personally, my strength is... I'd say defense and passing as well. I contribute to my team in the backcourt. You'd rather play defense than get to hit, get all the glory? Um, right now in our season, yeah. I feel at our level there's a lot of big hitters, and to really contribute and make a difference, I think defense is what makes a difference between players. Tell me about your opponent, Portage. Portage, they serve tough and uh, hit the ball really well from the left side. And your team, how many seniors are on it? We only have three seniors this year. So that's a bit unusual. Yeah, and but Portage is also young. They only have one senior, so we match up with age quite well. I've been talking to coaches and players that say it's been like one of the most wide-open years they can remember. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah, definitely. We're all really close and all battled up and down. What responsibility do you have being one of the few seniors on the team? Um, I'm actually co-captain with Asha Gurney, and we just try and bring the girls up and because we're kind of up and down with our emotions, so we try to just level those off and do as best we can. How important is that in the semifinals of the province? Uh, definitely very important because it's really easy to just get caught up in the moment and get way too like hyped up and panicked, so to just like reset and play our game. It's not often we have a story on our website that just dominates our... We have a, a list on something called Chartbeat. It doesn't matter. But it ranks how many people are looking at each particular web story. And all day, people have been looking at this story. First told you about it yesterday, how Sport Manitoba could be looking to change the term midget. Get rid of it from leagues in hockey, basketball, baseball, football. There are a lot of sports that use it. And we don't really think about it. But... The little people of Manitoba say that the term is considered derogatory and offensive to some, and so they met with Sport Manitoba this summer to talk about getting rid of the term. Sport Manitoba Director of Sport Janet McMahon talked with Global News about the meeting. People weren't really very aware of it, and I think it, there wasn't a lot of uh, knowledge about it being, you know, offensive or derogatory in any way. So I think it was a great meeting as a starting point for us to, to do an inventory of who is using it. I would suspect it's more team sport than individual. The individuals have gone to kind of more age group identification. So again, labels and language is really important and I think it's, uh, it's something that we, we need to look at. First of all, do an inventory of who's using it and then approach those groups to find out if they're aware of the fact that it is a challenge. Well, I think most of it was even knowing there was an organization in Manitoba and that they had actually had uh, some legislation passed and 
and even uh, the number of their uh, you know children that are involved in sporting activities. Uh, I don't think that I was very widely aware of the fact that they did participate in a lot of um, sports and are very interested to continue and have those opportunities. So what has to happen if the name is to be changed? One of the things that uh, a lot of people don't understand is the provincial sport governing bodies who are responsible, it's their jurisdiction and they're self-governed. They establish how they operate and what the rules are. So we can only really educate and, and make people aware. It would actually have to be a decision of them to change any kind of labeling that they have. And if you'll, you'll also note that you know, they use other labels like Antum, Adam and Bantam. If they were changing one, they'd probably have to change them all. In some ways, it is a fairly simple solution because they can go to the age groups. Um, and a number of sports do that already. But again, it will be, we can only educate. It will be up to them to make the decision to make the change. So a lot of them would have to, you know, it's a league or it's a club or it's, um, you know, some sort of a competitive structure. Um, what would be really great is to see this happen across Canada nationally so that it's not just an initiative in Manitoba. So McMahon says, well, yeah, it should be changed. Absolutely. I think this kind of thing, you know, we want to be inclusive and we want to want people to be involved. And certainly we don't want to have a situation where people are feeling, uh, you know, uncomfortable or, you know, their self-esteem isn't uh, felt appropriate in this in this environment. So from our perspective, I think it, it really is a no-brainer. I think it's really about people aren't aware that the, the term was derogatory. Um, so I think when people are aware of it, I think, it, it, you know, change will follow. It may take some time, but I think, uh, you know, again, I think most people wouldn't even have considered that label as being, uh, you know, inconsiderate. But will change happen? I don't know if people can say no. I think it's, it's more about, you know, to, to eliminate it completely uh, may be difficult. It might be easy to do on paper, but I think people who've been in the system and refer to these things as this, and everybody in that system knows it as that way. So it'll take time for sure. But again, we've seen it in other areas and, uh, you know, it's just like recycling. It didn't used to be, you know, that evident, but now people just do it naturally. It's the right thing to do. So I think this is very similar. So I think it's all about making people aware uh, and giving them the opportunity to change. McMahon was asked by our Kevin Hirschfield, well, if it's not called midget, what could it be called instead? I, I think we would leave that up to the sport community to get creative and, and determine that. Yeah, in lots of ways, I mean, those labels indicate age, so that would be the simplest. But I think sometimes we've heard organizations get really creative and call them seals and dolphins and, you know, all kinds of other things. So I, I think it really is up to those sports. It's their authority. They're the authorities. They're the jurisdictional people. They would know what makes sense for them. So I think, uh, again, that would be up to them to do that. Now, I don't know if a 16-year-old hockey player would be okay with being called Dolphin, but I, at the same time, I know that wouldn't be what they would be called. Samantha Rayburn Trubick joined Hal Anderson earlier today, president of the Little People of Manitoba, and explained why the term midget can be problematic. So it's rooted in the freak show era in vaudeville days when little people or people born with uh, of short stature were uh, ridiculed and, and really just only for entertainment purposes. So that's a word that just comes from from people being, you know, put on stage to be laughed at and made money and not money that they could keep, money, you know, that they would, would hand out to or money that they were just really not um, not keeping. So it was it was they were just strictly for entertainment or we were strictly for entertainment purposes. Now, what about opposition to this change? 
first I heard it this morning was the article in Global News came out. Um, and, and you know what? I understand. I understand its history and tradition, and I get that. And we're not looking to make any negative waves. We're just looking for a quick and easy change for a word that has a lot of um, derogatory meaning for us and hatred it, it, to, towards us. So I am hearing the opposition. I understand it. Um, but we, we still would like to see it because it just brings brings us back to a, a time that wasn't so nice for people like us. So I went on the webpage and it had some 80-something comments on it. Now comments have been blocked. I noticed this just now. Went on a couple hours ago to read some of the comments. And most of them follow the same trend. What a joke. What's next? Political correctness is going overboard. Very few comments in favor of this. And of course, when you read the comment section on anything on the internet, it's almost always negative. You're going to go crazy if you just read internet comments all the time. And people can say what they truly believe because there's no repercussions to being a keyboard warrior. But the reality is that most people commenting on this story and in our question of the day earlier voted no more than yes to should midget be changed. It's not really your call. This doesn't affect you, right? I'm six, five. I'm not a little person. I don't have a say in if that term bothers me, but if they say it bothers them, then why do we have to shoot them down? Why do we have to push them away and say, no, 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 you can't be offended about this. It's like people are being offended that people are offended. Getting up in arms that someone could possibly find this to be problematic. Snowflakes. Look at all the snowflakes, the social justice warriors. This is what drives me crazy about, and I don't know if this is society today or if it's just more obvious now because of the internet, But there's no empathy, right? It's a name. What does it mean? We don't need to have it. If it's a problem for somebody, it's not that hard to get rid of it. If you have a kid growing up in hockey, what does it matter to you? If it's midget or if it's whatever else, right? Instead of being condescending and telling people why their problems don't matter, you could take a step back and listen. You could, instead of saying, ah, my life's fine, therefore, I don't have to worry about you. And I understand that the comments of, you know, 70 people here might not represent the majority. I get that. But I don't think this is really any different from, let's say, white people weighing in on the Washington Redskins name or men weighing in on a woman's right to choose. It's really not that big a deal. If it bugs them, why can't we change it? That's it. I know people have had a lot to say about this today. I just think that a lot of people out there need to have a little bit more compassion in their life. That's, and if that, you know, that makes me a snowflake, so be it. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, 
Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcast yet. This is 680 CJOB.